Hey runners, we are back with our second edition of Runner Radio, our podcast, and we are excited to be here. We have four awesome stories today. Get a little more in depth. We got some serious stuff going on because of the news and whatnot. Hi everybody, it's Claire. I'm going to be talking about the tragic event that happened last month in Las Vegas at the Route 91 Harvest Festival. As many of you know, it's affected a lot of local victims here in Kern County. And I just want to go into a a little bit more depth about what our community has been doing to come together and just to help out these victims. And not only the victims, but their families as well. So the first thing I want to mention, one, when a tragedy happens related to this one, everyone wants to help in any way that they can. So a big one that a lot of people ask for is donating blood. So our local blood bank here in town is Houchin Blood Bank. They had a lot of outpouring of donations, which was great, and they were so thankful for. But the one thing that they really need and always need is um, platelet donations, which is done in the same way as blood donations. It just takes a little bit more time. So if you guys have any extra time, head down to Houchin and donate some platelets. I have donated platelets before, and it's a very, like, interesting experience. But it's kind of like when you go and give blood, it's like it can take max, like, 30 minutes. And you're like, oh, I did my D and I got a free T-shirt or whatever. But when you go and give platelets, you're sitting there and more of like a reflection, like, okay, my blood is going to be given to someone who like really needs it or whatever it may be. So platelet donations are really needed. And as well, I've donated blood too, but never platelets. So I need to sign up for that too. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention was that one of our local radio stations here, 97.3 The Bull, they have a morning show, which is nationally syndicated, but their headliner is Bobby Bones. They do a lot of fundraisers and raising money for a lot of tragedies all over the world, but um, when this happened, it really hit close to home for them. The country music community is a really tight-knit community, so when something happens like this, it's, it's safe to say everyone comes together really quickly. And they have a clothing brand called Pimp and Joy, and a a portion of Pimp and Joy they have is love over hate or love is greater than hate and they sold like t-shirts and sweatshirts and hats and a hundred percent of the proceeds went to the Las Vegas victims they raised over a hundred and eighty five thousand dollars which is really awesome they did it in just under a few days which I think is just amazing another um, local business here in town that I wanted to talk about that they've raised for the victims is Salty's Barbecue. I'm sure many of you have either heard of it or tried it. They have two locations, um, one off Rosedale and one off White Lane. One of um, their employees was actually a victim of the Las Vegas shooting. He himself wasn't there, but his parents were with their family friends, and his father actually ended up passing away from it, so it hit, hit them really hard. He's like a really beloved employee of the Salters family who owns Salters Barbecue. Um, they held a event last month of their fifth annual anniversary of them being open and they donated a portion of all of their profits to the Beaton family and the Las Vegas victims and they raised just over $10,000 which is pretty amazing for just a small local restaurant um, that just shows how much everyone is willing to help these families in need. Um, Another one of the local victims was named Bailey Schweitzer. She and her family are I would say well-known people here in the community. They own Bakersfield Speedway They held a special event in honor of Bailey called Bud Nationals, which they do every year, but this year it was in honor of her. They asked that everyone that come out wear her favorite color, which is teal, and they had a lot of pictures all over Facebook, and it really looked like it came together really nicely. Um, Another event that they held for Bailey Schweitzer was at Centennial's Homecoming. They had her cheer box set up with pictures of her and roses, just in honor of her and just to celebrate her life. At the end of Homecoming event, 
they also released 57 balloons in honor of the 57 victims that lost their lives in Las Vegas. Another local victim was actually a CSUB alum. Her name was Melissa Ramirez. She had a viewing scheduled on October 13th in Palmdale, which was originally where she was from. Um, an email went out to all CSUB students regarding all the information. Um, also on October 13th and 14th, CSUB here flew their flag at half staff in honor of her. A couple other last little events I wanted to mention that happened here in Bakersfield to help out these families was they held one at 1933 on October 10th and they donated all of those net sales from the tickets that were sold to the families and the victims. They had music performances including Johnny Owens who is a relative of Buck Owens if you guys don't know who that is. He's a really big um, influence in country music and he's from, he's from here from Bakersfield. And they also had the Buck Fever. For the last little event that I wanted to talk about, it happened at the Fox Theater on October 18th. The title was Bakersfield Together, so it was really just about the community and the people all coming together, and not just country music fans, but, I mean, fans of all music. They had multiple bands there. They had rock, they had pop, they had country music artists, they had Christian artists. It was a really great event. They said they raised a lot of money. They even had some great guest speakers like Mayor Goh and lots of law enforcement officials. Yeah, those are some of the great events that were held around town to help these victims. So, Claire, the community obviously did a lot of interesting things to um, either bring awareness or provide support for families that were families and victims involved in the shooting. But um, did this event in Vegas like affect you in any way? Um, it did, yeah. I've personally gone to the Route 91 Harvest Festival every year. Um, me and my best friend Kristen have always gone together, and it's, it's a, it is an amazing concert. It's three days. There's tons of artists. It's a really great time. Um, I happened to not go this year because it actually sold out. Um, my best friend Kristen did end up going, and it was really scary the day that, like, the night that I heard that it happened. Her mom had sent me an article that they just posted on Twitter, and it almost seemed fake, like it wasn't real. And I called her, and she answered. I, I mean, I don't know. I figured she was just, I don't know if it was because, you know, people are drinking at the concert, and, you know, when people are drunk, just little things kind of spook people. But she was just distraught on the phone, and she was just, you know, just crying, and she was saying how much she loved us and that she wanted, like, to know like how thankful she was for everything and she just she sounded scared like she was really in danger and she was and you know the first couple minutes of talking to her I just didn't believe it but you know minutes to come I did and I was just watching the news live and just you know praying she got out of there okay and thankfully she did she um you know physically she was fine I'm sure mentally it's gonna be with her for a while and it's hard because I was you know I was supposed to be there with her but I wasn't but I mean thankfully fortunately I wasn't um but yeah, yeah, physically she was fine, so thankfully, I'm thankful for that, and yeah, I'm just glad she made it home okay. How do you think um, all of this happening, do you think, like, next year they're still going to have the festival, or do you, like, what do you think about everything as a whole? Um, well, I think it's truly an act of evil, and I think it's, I can't even put it into words, like, how horrible a person has to be to ruin so many people's lives and times. Like, these are hardworking people out there that, you know, they've worked hard for this money, and they save it up, and they go just to have a nice weekend away to get away from everything. And, you know, he ruined that for them. But the country music community, you know, they're strong. They 
they're, they're resilient. There's just so many, um, a lot of like a big slogan, I guess you could say, from artists and country music is that, you know, we're not going to let someone like this, like, ruin our time. Like, we're stronger than he is. And Route 91, I don't know if they'll be. I mean, you know, I don't know if they're going to have another one because it has been so tragic. But, like, country music festivals and big events like that, like, they're not going to stop. And people aren't going to stop going. Like, we're not going to let someone this horrible ruin everyone else's time like these events are so fun they're so welcoming even if you're not a fan of country music like you can show up and you'll leave a big fan so (laughs) yeah these events aren't going to stop and people are still going to keep going I know I will for sure the next if there is another route 91 like me and my friend Kristen we will be there for sure just to show this guy like you know he's not going to win he doesn't get to choose when we get to have fun and like how we get to spend our time we're so we're so thankful that we live in such a tight-knit community that has helped these families so much. So thank you guys for listening. Vegas strong. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Okay, Paolo. So for the Pride Week at CSUB, what do they do? Like, what is it? Is it dedicated? Because I know October is a whole month for Pride. Like, what do they do, you know? Well, um, actually. Actually, October is LGBT History Month. Okay. So what CSUB did was they dedicated a whole week to LGBT causes. So they had LGBT Pride Week. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's cool that they dedicate, you know, at least a week to support the LGBT community and to, um, you know, give us a little background of, you know, what the LGBT community is all about. It's definitely more for remembering so what's happened in the past and Uh just to make LGBT more visible on campus. But when you look around and take a closer look, you'll see that there's allies everywhere. Yeah. So what kind of things like, well, not things, but what kind of like, what do they do to like, you know, dedicate, you know, do they have like events for LGBT community for people who are part of that community to come out? Or do they like dedicate certain like events to the LGBT community? LBGT community like what do they do within that week well for the whole week it was filled with different events so like on Monday they had a kickoff and a resource fair where they had different on-campus programs that were LGBT friendly Mm -hmm. and on Tuesday they had the meet and greet with LGBT staff and faculty on Wednesday they had an alley rally Mm -hmm. so that's basically how you can be an ally and how you can be supportive of LGBT causes, even though you yourself don't identify that way. Uh-huh. Expression Nights was on Thursday, and that was pretty cool because it was consisted of coming out stories. Yeah, I know that there was a mother who spoke to her daughter, uh-huh. and they were both really close with her grandma, uh-huh. and they told her not to tell the grandma because coming from like a conservative catholic background yeah it can really like backlash it's hard Mm -hmm. to come out and um on friday they had a movie night it was the movie hocus pocus have you seen it yeah i like that movie actually it's very uh it reminds me of my childhood so i love that movie very fun um i think like 80 people showed up if wow that's a good that's pretty good turnout for it to be like you know yeah definitely so where they have the movie night? Did they have it on campus or did they have it at a park? Like, yeah, they had it at a park. I had a question, though, about the, you said something about, like, the faculty members. So uh-huh. was it, like, faculty members who were part of the LBGT community or they were just, like, being supportive? Well, it's both. Uh-huh. So it's the staff and faculty affinity group. So they're partnered with the, the LGBT club that we have on campus. Yeah. And that's the one where anybody can join. And I think they have a Facebook page where you can just 
you click join and then they approve you and so oh wow that's pretty cool what else did they is that like pretty much it i heard they had a volleyball game oh yeah on saturday they hosted their volleyball game and it was really colorful posters everywhere and they also had these fun t-shirts that Uh were like rainbow colored they said csub volleyball i think that's so cool how like the volleyball team kind of dedicated their game to the lbgt community because it shows how much the athletes support you know the community it shows that we all can come together we all can like kind of like not trying to sound so cliche but it's we all can love one another you know like like a big family yeah and it's just like about like peace and you know being positive and stuff like that i love the lbgt community because they're all about being themselves it's never like a moment where you're around somebody and they're not being themselves like they're just like oh like i'm me like you can't you know well definitely i think with like the lgbt community like once you come out and Mm -hmm. say that you identify as that i feel like there's nothing you can do because that's one of the hardest obstacles to overcome yeah just because being straight is the norm so when you start to feel like oh um i have feelings for this person who society says normally i wouldn't have Uh uh-huh uh, feelings too as soon as you overcome that that's the point where you reach like i don't care what people think mm-hmm. i mean personally like i have a friend who came out and i remember him like telling me like you know i'm scared to tell my family because my family's you know they're hispanic and i know that you know i'm scared to tell my mom because she might be a little you know mad or like i just remember him like being like kind of scared and then i just told him like you know you are who you are you know your parents are gonna love you no matter what so it was really kind of hard for him to come out and even before he came out like i kind of knew because you know just know your friends you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like i just love the way he is because he just doesn't care like he's just like oh well like And he's always motivating me to be myself, to be a better me. And I just, I love that type of energy around me, so. Well, I mean, I definitely see where your friend's coming from. Mm -hmm. I know that um, some families really do take it to the extremes. That's very rare, but um, just think that somehow, like, a lot of people don't want to come out because they'll say, oh, I heard my parents say something about them. Yeah. So when they identify as the same as the other person, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's what my parents think of me when they actually don't because they don't know. Yeah. And I think that when you start to educate people about it, then mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to just navigate through life. Yeah. And I think it's honestly a lot easier now because of the society we're in. Maybe 10 years ago, it would probably like really hard. But now everybody's just so free. They don't care. People are so natural. People are shaving their heads off, especially females. Um, People are dyeing their hair different colors. You know, like, we're just so open now that I just think that it's a lot easier. And I'm kind of, like, glad in a way, you know, because back in the day, people used to be so hard on people. But I'm just so glad how the world's changing and how we're being more acceptable, like, of things, you know, because a lot of people weren't. And it was hard for some people to come out. And I think it's important that we support one another you know with whatever decision that we make so is there anything else that's like majored about you know what csub does for the lbgt community 
So um, this is the second Pride Week that CSUB's had. And with planning these events, you also have to be partnered with things on mm -hmm. campus. So on Monday, when they had their resource fair, it showed the different things on campus that were partnered with LGBT causes, like the health center, the counselor's office, campus advocate program, and safe zone. If you don't know what the campus advocate program is, it's just that they help provide uh, help for those who have experienced sexual misconduct. And Safe Zone is a university-wide network of allies that can be faculty, staff, and administrators who can provide support and information. They also have to go through an orientation, so they're aware of LGBT issues and things that would probably need to be brought up, kind of like how some LGBT identify as they, them, or their, and when they change their pronouns from she to he, it, it's kind of like you have to know how to talk. And if you also want more information on being LGBT and more reading materials, off campus, we're also partnered with the Gay and Lesbian Center of Bakersfield, and we have connections to PFLAG of Bakersfield, which is the largest family and ally organization in the nation. Not of Bakersfield, but PFLAG. We're just a small section of it. If you wanted to join the on-campus LGBT club, their next meeting is on November 7th from 12 to 1 p.m. in the Albertson Room. I just want to give a big thank you to Matthew McLean for being so helpful on this podcast. All right, guys, so let's get into some celebrity gossip. Okay, we all know who Harvey Winston is. If you don't know who Harvey Winston is, then I'm going to give you a couple, you know, ideas about who he is. So Harvey Winston is a director in Hollywood. Um, he's been a director for, I want to say, over a decade. He's directed Kill Bill, Scream, and even more films that we know and we love. Now, you know, what's going around is that Harvey Winston is fighting cases of sexual assault. So this is known as Harvey Winston scandal. So basically, Harvey Winston has, you know, made sexual assault um, against actresses and even, you know, nannies who try to work for him, even his assistant. So actresses such as Reese Witherspoon, um, Gwyneth Patrol, Angelina, Angelina Jolie, um, those are just a couple of actresses that have came out. Even a nanny who wanted to work for him have came out and said how he made a pass at her during an interview. Now, as one of the actresses from Scream, after she came out, then it was just back to back, back to back. So once that once that information had came out, then everybody was like, well, they're sharing their story, then I'm going to share my story, you know? So, you know, um, he was fired from his company. Mm -hmm. He tried to, like, you know, make a plea deal or, you know, basically try to tell his company before the information came out, and they just let him go. So he was fired from his company, um, nobody really wants to work with him because of what he's doing or what he did. I mean, he's even made, you know, he's made assaults to where he touched them inappropriately. Like, it wasn't, and he was, like, in their box, and he was, like, in his boxers, or it was just really, like, weird how he went about it. And I just think that, you know, it's very hard for people to come out about being harassed or sexually assaulted because they feel like nobody's going to believe them, you know? especially since he was a big director. Yeah, I really uh, believe you on that, where it's 
hard to come out as a victim because I know Terry Crews. Do you know him? No. The dad from Everybody Hates Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was actually sexually assaulted. Are you serious? Yeah. He was sexually assaulted and he didn't come out. And he didn't come out and say it until um, it started trending that Harvey Weinstein was assaulting people. So on Twitter, he came and told his story and said, please, you know, and if a big guy like Terry Crews can be assaulted and he's scared of coming out, imagine what like us worth like five, one and maybe 120 pounds. Yeah, like it's it's pretty sad, you know. And he's getting really a lot of backlash for it. A lot of actresses have came out and was like, you know, they're supportive. They're like, you know, I'm glad these women spoke up. I'm glad that they said something because nobody deserves that. You know, nobody deserves to walk around and not, you know, feel comfortable. Definitely. And and I think that uh, one of the better things of this Harvey Weinstein situation is that now more and more women are coming out and saying this director and this director. Like, I don't know if you've seen, but lately yeah, a lot I've of... I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on Instagram. And I'm just like, why are people like... I just don't understand why people would try to sexually assault somebody. That's like, you know, violating their personal space. Like, that's making them feel uncomfortable walking around. Right? Like, consent exists for a reason. Yes is yes and no is no. Like, the line is drawn right there. Yeah, it is. About Harvey Winston, I mean, this scandal can go on forever because it's just so many girls are even, like, are coming out about it. So let's talk about something on the brighter side. Um, Jay-Z had a benefit concert for Hurricane Relief with his company, Tidal. We all know what Tidal is. I mean, come on. It's Jay-Z, so... Um, so basically he had a benefit concert for who, for those who were affected by Hurricane Harvey, Irma, and Maria. Not only was he having the benefit concert for just the hurricane victims, also for the victims in Mexico dealing with the earthquakes. Yeah, I think that's super great just because I know that it's very hard. Puerto Rico has gone without power for like over a month. And it's like 85 degrees over there and they have no medicine. So when you're raising money like that in the millions, you're able to give them supplies that we aren't able to give them. Not because we don't want to, but because of our government situation. Yeah, I think it's so amazing. I mean, they raised $3.7 million during the benefit concert. That was just like what you know, people were willing to give. People paid a lot of money for that concert and they still were willing to give more money, you know? So I think that was so amazing how the people who went to the concert were able to donate. Not only was it, you know, Jay-Z who was trying to help out, it was, you know, the show headlined was Jay-Z, of course, and then Jennifer Lopez, Cardi B, Chris Brown, um, Fat Joe, Remy Ma, and plenty more. I mean, that concert was just, it was amazing. I even seen clips of it on Twitter. So it wasn't like, you know, a concert where they're just like, oh, here goes the show. It was like actual performances. Like, I think it was pretty cool. It was like a festival. Yeah, and then the cool thing about um, the people who performed, the artists, they all contributed their own money to the hurricanes and the earthquakes. So aside from the money that they helped raise, they also gave some of their money. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So enough about that. Let's get into some football. Let's talk about Colin Kaepernick and Master P. So Master P says that he's willing to help Colin Kaepernick start, you know, his own football league. I mean, I'm kind of biased with this because 
it's so hard to start a football league. You know, it's so hard to get your football league out there because you got to actually, you know, you're starting from ground up. So it's like, it's hard to start a football league. But Master P says that he thinks that the NFL should have some competition. So why not? You know, why not give them that competition? For sure. And, you know, just for our listeners like me who mm-hmm. don't know who Master P is, who <laughs> is that? So Master P, um, he's Romeo's dad. I don't know if you guys know who Romeo is, but Master P used to be a rapper back in the day, back in the 90s. Um, he also was an NBA basketball player, believe it or not. Not a lot of people know that about him, but he's he's a good businessman. He is about, you know, he owns you know, some businesses, and he even has an NBA league right now. Well, it's like a small basketball league, basically, but him and Tiny Harris have it. So I think that, you know, with him saying that about the football league, I think he's actually serious about it. But Master P is cool. If you know the song, uh, na 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 na, then you know who Master P is. <laughs> but um, he also put a side note in that he thinks Colin Kaepernick is a good football player. I think he's a good football player, even though I don't really watch football. But I just think he's good off base, just like, you know, personal things, not even sports. It's just like, you know, he's standing up for what he believes in. And I'm all for that. I'm all for somebody voicing out how they feel and having a voice and standing up, you know, for what's right and for what's wrong. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'm Lyric. And I'm Paula. Thank Thank you guys guys for tuning in. in. Hey guys, it's Olivia. Usually I am just a host, introducing others and their stories, but this time I have my own. On Tuesday, October 24th, CSUB Counseling Center hosted their fourth annual candlelight service. It's a gathering to remember those impacted by suicide and or mental health concerns, and they pretty much set up lights as a remembrance of people we know and love that have been involved or impacted by mental illness, and I can relate. I personally have dealt with anxiety, depression, and suicide. I've had anxiety since high school and I've been struggling with it for years. And when my anxiety gets really bad, it turns into depression. And when I hit that depression, there's no way out. Or at the time, it doesn't feel like there's a way out. Three years ago, from like January to June, I studied abroad. I was there for six months and I was pretty much alone. I, like near the tail end of my time there, like abused myself and physically harmed myself to the point of like, I was just done. I just didn't want to be there anymore. And it was just really hard. And so when I got home, I just assumed like, oh, like all my friendships are going to be the same. My family's going to be the same. Life is going to be the same. It's going to just be like, it's going to be like I never left. And it wasn't like that. Friends had moved on and I. I kind of had to start from scratch with different things and family didn't understand and it was just really really hard and I felt alone like I did in another country except I knew this language. I spiraled out like I would go to work or I'd have class or whatever and I would pretend that I was this person and then at home I'd be by myself and I'd be all alone and like I would be this completely other person. Like the how I felt on the inside was completely different than how I acted on the outside. For months I just felt this way and it just got deeper and deeper and I would harm myself more and more and just I tried to kill myself twice and the first time it happened obviously neither of them worked but the first time it was like it's like I tried and then nothing happened and so I just kept going the same way I had been living life just fake on the outside and in pain on the inside and then I met some people who had also dealt with these struggles but I wasn't willing to open up about how I felt I was just willing to listen to how they felt well, me and some of these people, like, we were going on this retreat, and I told myself, I was like, you know, like, 
um, they can go on the retreat and I can stay at home and I can just kill myself while I'm at home and they'll see that, you know, they can live this weekend without me. And so it'll be fine. I tried to kill myself again and it didn't happen. It didn't work. And I just was like, whatever, I'll just go on this retreat. It's whatever. It's stupid. And I went on the retreat and I'm like crying like half the time while I'm there and people are like looking at me like what's wrong with her they don't understand and there was like speakers at the retreat and they finally I don't even remember what it was about but it just hit me and I was like like I'm not alone I'm not I'm not the only one that deals with this type of stuff and I finally saw that light at the end of the tunnel it was like dim and it was teeny tiny but I saw it it wasn't like I completely turned around but it was enough to get me moving towards a better direction and so from there And with the people who I had met who had dealt with similar things, I like slowly dug myself out of this deep, dark depression, suicidal thoughts hole. And that was, it took me months. It took me so many months and I still hadn't told my family and I still hadn't told people who were close to me or who once were close to me. I had pushed them away. I finally stopped abusing myself and hurting myself. And it just, it took a long, long time. Like depression hurts and you hurt. And it's not like there's no medicine that can like help completely. And there's nothing like you have to want to get out. And after that retreat, I finally wanted to like get out of that hole that I was in. Everyone struggles and everyone has difficulties in life. And sometimes they affect their mental health like it affected me. And I finally got out and I'm better and talking to people. And there's times when I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like my anxiety is really bad. Like I feel like I'm going to hit depression again and I get nervous and I get even more anxious and it's this crazy cycle, but I have felt rock bottom before and I don't want to be there again. And I know people who have also felt rock bottom and they don't want to be there again. And so it's kind of like this fighting force of we don't want to be there. So we're going to stand tall together. This service is kind of like that standing tall together. That's kind of my story and there's obviously way more to it, but one thing that I'm glad that CSUB offers is the counseling center and there's like help and wellness and there's things to help with students and I'm sure even faculty and like they're the ones that put on the fourth annual candlelight event so they obviously understand the importance of it and so there's multiple things the counseling center provides but two of them that I really want to share with you guys is it's the crisis counselor um you can call 661-654-3366 and press 2 and they can provide information about campus and community resources um as well as provide immediate help with urgent personal emotional or mental health concerns obviously they they can direct you to an area where you can just talk to people and just like you're not alone and there's someone who's been through that struggle that you have been or if you know someone who's struggling and you want to like help them but you don't know how like that's a great way or you can even go into the counseling center you can like make an appointment or you can just be a walk-in and talk to someone honestly like talking to people it sounds like oh that's not that's not going to help me but it really does and just talking things out and people understand and for me like I have a tattoo that represents like where I've been and where I've like where I've came from and stuff and it's a semicolon and but a semicolon in a sentence is like a pause instead of like you could have used a period but you used a pause and so the sentence is your life and the semicolon is how you're you're choosing to take a pause in your life instead of ending it. When I told my parents about everything, I had gotten the tattoo the same day. And they were like, what? They're not fans of tattoos. But after I told them the story, they were just like bawling their eyes out. And they were like, why didn't you feel like you could talk to us? And it's one of those things. It's like I am... I've always been a person who I I don't go and ask for favors or I don't go and ask for help because I feel like I can take care of it myself. But when you're at the point when you can't take care of yourself any longer and you need someone, it's like, it's kind of like a, a, what do I do? And so now I'm open to sharing my story. Obviously I'm telling it to all these people. (laughs) 
but at the time it was just it was really hard but yeah that's my story guys well olivia i think that's an amazing story to say first and i just want to say i'm thankful that you're here i know we've only known each other for a short amount of time but yeah i'm just thankful that you're here i consider you one of my friends and i'm glad you're here with me oh thanks and i think it's amazing you're able to tell your story with everyone that's a big i mean i personally never had to deal with mental concerns but i think it's amazing you're able to show your story with us today and I do have a couple of questions sure. for you. You mentioned a lot of resources here on campus that we have, and I just wanted to know what resources that you used um, when you were going through your hard times, and um, if so, like... Um, I didn't go to CSUB at the time, but those people that I mentioned that, like, helped me, like, they were my resources, and they... It's one of those things, it's like, I didn't want to reach out, but they could tell, they're like, I know you're... like. As a friend, if you see another person like struggling, even if you're not like close with them or anything, you just ask if they're okay. Like, or you can even be like, are you considering suicide? Are you considering killing yourself? Because that's actually studies done that if you ask that and someone was indeed considering it, they're more likely to not do the act any longer because it shows that someone cares. And so, um, I mean, that's not a full resource. It's more like a little pointer or a tip, but my friends were there and they were like, they could just tell they're like, Olivia, like, are you okay? Like, do you, you know, like they just wanted to talk they got me to sit at starbucks and talk to them for an additional two hours about my life instead of going home and trying to like swallow a bunch of pills and kill myself then that was the resource that i used at the time yeah and i think it's good to know that it's okay to ask those questions to people i think there's kind of like which leads into my next question there's kind of like like a stigma or like a taboo like there's just like this idea in society that people think that mental health issues like they're either not real or they're just not taken seriously they're kind of just brushed off like they're nothing you know like kind of just get over it type of thing and I don't know like do you have any words of like kind of advice or just like positive uplifting something or anything that you would give to someone that thinks that because I know a lot of people do like I mean I did for a long time until I had more information or knew someone like it was just kind of like oh it's not a big deal type of thing growing up um, I never even realized that like people who like, like you always hear about mental illness and they're like crazy. And that's like, like you said, that's a big stigma. Like if you have depression, then you're crazy. And like, that is not it at all. Like anyone can have depression. Anyone can have anxiety or like crippling, like mental illness and stuff. And one thing that I realized is when I like fully came out of this deep, dark hole that I was in and I like I expressed my I had like a blog and I expressed my story as much as I could and as and as depth as I could without like shying away from anything I had multiple people reach out to me and it was like Olivia I had no idea and I'm sorry or like people who like my best friend has dealt with depression and stuff and she was not my best friend like we barely knew each other at the time but when I expressed that she reached out to me and she was like thank you so much because I deal with this too and it's just it's I'm glad to know that I'm not alone because that's the thing when you're depressed and you're going through like your mental struggles, like you feel alone, but if you're open about it and people are like accepting of talking about it and accepting of like that nobody is perfect and that everybody deals with something, then that stigma goes away and you can be more open and you can be more honest and you can be more loving towards a person. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like if we can talk about mental illness more, and be more open about it, then people aren't going to feel alone or scared to come out and say that they're struggling with something. I agree. And 
yeah, it's good to know you're not alone. Like, even if someone happens to be listening to this podcast and, you know, they've been in a situation similar to yours or something, I think it's good to know you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there like you, and especially nowadays, like, with social media and everyone looking like their lives is just full of, like, all these amazing things. Like, people kind of forget that, like, hey, you know, there is people out there that not everything is all rosy and peachy and perfect (laughs) all the time you know people do go through hard times and I think that's important to remember it is yeah there's I think social media is a big issue I mean I on my social medias I'm like oh everything's happy and cheery no one wants to post about the bad stuff yeah I mean there is bad stuff out there and people need to not forget that exactly but yeah well thank you for your story and your time Olivia yes of course so um like I said if anyone I mean if you're going through something and you want someone to talk to come find me you know <laughs> honestly I'm willing I'll just be your ears I'll just listen to whatever th- whatever you're dealing with I don't have to say a single word you know but just knowing that you're not alone is I think the biggest thing that helps you feel strong and be like a full person because when you're dealing with that type of stuff like it rips you to pieces it shreds you and you don't feel like a whole person and so if you want to feel like a whole person I'm here to talk I'm here to listen to you um people at the counseling center are there to listen to you talk to you whatever it is you need um sometimes school can just be really stressful and you just need that person to talk to you maybe you don't have depression maybe you just have anxiety or like test struggles like they can still you can still talk to them about whatever it is you need and they're willing to listen and they're always 100% confidential so um with that I thank you for listening to my story and I hope everyone has a great day. All right. That is it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening so much. We really appreciate it. And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, things you want to hear about, things you want us to cover, just let us know. Thanks guys for tuning in. Thanks for listening guys. Hope you tune in for the next podcast. Bye. Bye.